Soth, co-founder and co-editor and your host for today's episode. Today we're going to be talking about IRODS, that's I-R-O-D-S. It is an open source data management platform for research and enterprise organizations and much more as we'll learn today. We'll be talking with Jason Kaposky. He is the executive director of the IRODS Consortium. So Jason, maybe a good way to start, since this is some, something of a complex organization with a lot of different aims, is to just have you tell us what IRODS is. So pretend you're speaking to somebody that has no idea to start with. Uh, sure, thank you. So IRODS as a technology is a, effectively a flexible framework that is a, an abstraction for your infrastructure. So it starts out with virtualizing your storage, so it allows you to get your arms around all of the different storage technologies that you may have in the data center. You could have aging filers, you could have object stores, flash arrays, archival tape storage, and users typically have a difficult time locating their data. And so what IRODS will do is lift that up into a virtual namespace, or what we like to call the unified namespace, that gives them a single structure to access their data regardless of where it may be stored, what technology it may be stored upon, or where it may be located in the world. We make that data actionable and discoverable by giving the users the ability to attach metadata. And we have the ability to take data management policy that may exist in the real world and capture that as code. And that code can be used to implement and automate that data management policy as data flows through the system. And so this really gives the users a way of directing the flow of data, keeping track of what happens to the data while it's flowing through the system, giving the users the ability to discover the data and capturing that provenance around what has happened to the, to the data, where it has been, and possibly why it's been used. And uh, that is that basically sounds, in a nutshell. Sure, <laughs> that, that sounds very useful. I can definitely see that as a... <laughs> A useful, uh, a useful thing in, in both research and enterprise. So I know too that that you're the head of the IRODS consortium. So I'm I'm guessing you work with the the many vendors and software developers out there that that want to be part of this, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we have uh, storage vendors that are members of the consortium, so we can uh, verify and validate that our technology works with their technology, and uh, they're very supportive. But we also have members from various enterprise organizations like Bayer, uh, Bayer Crop Sciences specifically is uh, deploying IRODS as a service. Um, IRODS has become quite important to the life sciences. Uh, there's, a, as everyone knows, a lot of data being generated by those sequencers. That data needs automation wrapped around it, and not only from ingest, but, you know, taking it out to QC and alignment and, you know, giving the users the ability to find it and run analysis. So we also, we have a, uh, a very interesting mix of institutes and other companies that are supporting the consortium. Understood. Um, so give us an example. You, you just sort of hinted at that with the life science, life sciences example and that workflow. How else do people use this? Maybe take a, an industry that's particularly prescient right now and, and, and help us understand how this fits in there. Okay, so IRODS has grown out of a, a history as being a research project. And uh, then we've taken the consortium was wrapped around that as a sustainability model after the funding for that research has waned. And it really got started in physics, but has also been used, say, in records and archives. So it's been used at the Library of Congress, the National Archives, the French National Library, the library in Quebec. And so having this automation wrapped around the data has given the, the people from records and archives the ability to automate a lot of that job and really provide guarantees wrapped around that data. 
beyond that, as I said, uh, life sciences has grown into a uh, an interesting avenue for us, and we're also quite popular among the uh, universities uh, within and throughout Europe. Given GDPR and the other requirements uh, for privacy wrapped around that data, and the need to make strong assertions about what has happened to that data and who has accessed that data, IROTS has become quite popular in the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. And organizations like that, then how have they been managing things like this? You know, what, what did things look like before and, and what are some of the existing ways to, to solve some of the same problems that you have and, and what, what, what do you do differently or how do you add value? Uh, the value really comes from not only virtualizing the access to the storage, but from the ability uh, to tackle a wide number of different use cases. Uh, every one of our users requires different customizations for the adoption of IRODs to their particular environment, as well as the application layer that is layered on top of IRODs. So since we provide that ability to abstract the infrastructure, the application layer can be uh, remain fairly static and not have to change, and most of the flexibility comes from routing uh, through the IRODs as the middleware. And so our users have the ability through not only our plugin interface, but that rule engine to implement anything from automated data ingest, we'll, where we'll extract metadata, you know, which, as I like to say, makes that data actionable and discoverable. And once that data is at rest, then the question is, is what happens to the data after that? Are you taking the data out to compute in order to perform analysis? which we can then capture the results of that and provide that provenance I was mentioning. Are you taking the compute to the data where you're running containers against the data at rest where, where you cannot move that data because of particular privacy requirements or the fact that the data is simply too large to just move around for computation? And so that rule engine as well as the plugin interface coupled with that metadata gives the customers the flexibility in order to implement those use cases. And we like to say that IRODS is data-centric. So the idea is that we give the ability to tell a story about the data as it flows through the system and as it progresses through the data management lifecycle. As data is ingested, it has a particular policy associated with it. And maybe that data is interesting. And so that data is going to be shared with other collaborators. And that could be across instances of IRODS through our federation capability. Or maybe it's through the same system or the same zone. But the idea is, is that once that data is shared, a different kind of data management policy is wrapped around that data. There are privacy concerns and so on, so we have to make those strong assertions. And then that data is going to be taken out for analysis one way or the other. That's going to be a separate data management policy. That data may need to flow, and we're going to have to manage that and then manage the provenance and auditing trail around that. Discoveries could be made, so the data would then need to be published and made available online. So you can lift your existing infrastructure into an institutional repository also using IRODs. We give the ability to make that data static, assign a DOI or, or a handle or some sort of a persistent identifier for publication. That's once again a different data management policy. And then maybe excellent discoveries are made and that data is going to be made part of a reference collection. And so you really need a system that will allow your data to flow through the data management lifecycle and have that lifecycle managed and be flexible enough to address the future use cases that haven't been thought of yet, whether it be just simply you have to decommission storage and migrate that data or something completely different that is unforeseen. And that's where that flexibility really adds value. Mm -hmm. 
that's a really complex pipeline of activities that have to happen there around data. Um, it, it's kind of unimaginable, actually. And now that I think about it, you know, when, when you guys talk to people, I, I know you have uh, your consortium has an event every year. Who are you targeting with this? Like, who, who do you talk to? Is this a, a data scientist problem plus a sysadmin problem? Or who really owns this issue? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it is a wide array of people. So it's everybody, you know, from the people who keep the lights on in the data center all the way out to the end users. And so uh, we don't really have, you know, one particular swath of people that we target. Usually what happens is, is that data will reach a particular level of complexity or volume and other scientists or the people who are serving the scientists will recognize this problem and then start searching for the keywords online and then discover us. Oh, and, okay. uh, that's <laughs> and that's usually when the conversation happens. Yeah. They, they come to you and they're like, oh, what do we even do now? So, so they find you out of desperation. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know if I would go that far, but yes, I, I have, uh, we have moved from what is, you know, uh, at these various events from what is IRODS to I hear that I need IRODS to, you know, how soon can you help us? And so that's been an encouraging progression. Mm -hmm. And IRODS as an organization, I mean, you guys have been around for a while. I remember when I was covering uh, scientific computing uh, uh, over a decade ago, I, I think you were around. So what's the history of this organization? Well, the consortium is uh, rather new. We're about five years old now. Um, but as I hinted at earlier, the the product has been around for about 20. So it started out as a storage resource broker, uh, which basically solved the grid storage problem. And then from there, it was reimagined as grid storage with this integrated policy layer on top of it. And so that that ran for you know about another good 15 years at that point. And as I said, it was funded through NSF, um, DOE, and so on. But eventually, you know, those research dollars were done because the, the problem was solved and the NSF doesn't necessarily pay for software maintenance or hardening or refactoring. And so mm -hmm. the product has become very central to a lot of the efforts at our host organization here, uh, the Renaissance Computing Institute. So we started searching for a sustainability model around it. And that's where we landed on the consortium and it has grown since then. Mm hmm. In all that time, obviously, with Roots and Grid, you, you were sort of getting a leg up on what would happen eventually with having public and private clouds and moving data in different environments, which created, I'm sure, all sorts of complex issues for, for people who are already <laughs> familiar with IROD. So actually, what did the cloud add to, to what you guys were working on? I'm sure it probably bolstered the number of people that needed what you were working on, right? Uh, yeah, we've, we have, uh, in the last... You know, three to five years, right around when the consortium started, um, specifically within academia and now within the various other, uh, you know, more corporate entities have had requests of, well, how do I get my data out to the cloud? What do I do when it's there? Um, you know, what if we want to get it back and use another cloud? And so our ability to, to virtualize not only the storage, but run servers in a distributed fashion has given us uh, an opportunity to address a lot of those issues. And with the compute to data model, you can move your data out to the cloud. And if you want to leave it there, that's fine. You can simply ship a you know container out to that to a uh, instance in the cloud, and then run your compute there. And then we can still once again capture the results of that to maintain the provenance. And so it's been an interesting journey. Mm -hmm. 
as as you look at how things have evolved too, what what sorts of things are your users still saying they need when it comes to managing or securing or um, just keeping track of what happens when with their data? What what's still the big issue that's out there? Well, there are there are two uh, answers for that. So the first of which is, is many people say IROD's is too complex. We can't really necessarily wrap our heads around it, and so. We've started this effort to productize what I've just named capabilities. And so we have captured these various use cases and patterns that we've seen out in the wild. And we are providing solutions to those that, that are rather than necessarily writing code within our rule language is simply installed and configured. So the first of those are storage tiering. So you can install our storage tiering plugin and then attach some metadata to your storage resources. And then at that point, the policy kicks in as the data once again flows through the system. And we'll start tiering that storage out to the various resources. But the neat thing is, is that this is all driven through metadata, which is just some simple annotations in our catalog. And so configuring this is very simple and, and uh, quite immediate. Uh, we're addressing automated ingest as our next capability. From the user side, a lot of the complexities that we run into are honestly figuring out what this data management policy must be. So if it's not simply, you know, data must move from this storage to, you know, this other storage based on lifetime, you know, what does that have to look like? If this particular group of servers has to be HIPAA compliant, you know, that is a much more complex problem. And also, you know, simply figuring out what the controlled vocabulary and ontology that our users want to use that's a conversation that we end up, end up participating in quite a bit as well. So it really depends on the use case, which is always the answer. Sure. A lot of this stuff obviously requires some degree of automation. Um, you have lots of problems you're solving all at once, so we can pick on one or two of those, right? But to what degree sure. is what you do automated, and, and are you working on adding in more features to make this easier, and, and what do those involve? Well, uh, the capabilities that I had mentioned earlier are, are solving a lot of that. So we have built a system on the front end of IRODs that automates the data ingest. Um, the storage tiering will automate the flow of the data through the different storage technologies as appropriate. Um, we have yet to release um, indexing and auditing. So we have the ability to stream events out over an AMQP message bus. And then we have listeners written that will catch those events and automatically index your data, for instance, or give you the ability to um, dashboard based on the Elk stack, or simply to query the Elastic stack and capture those events in order to tell the story about the data. And so we'll be able to get those JSON documents and then transform them into any particular format, such as PROV, that your compliance may require. And so we're capturing many of these patterns and use cases from the wild and wrapping a product around those that are pretty much going to be able to be configured very simply for our users. Mm -hmm. By the way, when you say product, you know, when, when I think about it, after all the vendors I'm forced to talk to every day, I'm thinking, okay, it has a cost associated with it, and, and, and here's right. what it is, and here's how that vendor makes money. How does your organization work? I mean, we a lot of us are familiar, obviously, with the consortium model and what that means. But right. uh, in terms of productizing this, explain what you mean. Um, so when, when I say something is a product, you know, the, it is not something you're going to go get shrink-wrapped off the shelf. What we do is we provide uh, versioned and supported 
um, packages for this software. We maintain our own repository at packages.irods.org. And so you'll be able to, say, install the tor um, storage sharing plugin and then, you know, read the document and figure out how to configure it. So the idea is, is that rather than needing to require your own um, developers to, you know, write the rules for you, we're giving these things in, I don't want to say shrink wrap, but pre-packaged version pieces of software that you can install. And, you know, and then mm -hmm. from there we can help customize beyond that. Sure, makes sense. Yeah. Um, and are most of you, uh, your development team members based there at Renzi at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, or are you scattered? What does your organization look like? <laughs> Uh, so we're fairly centralized here in UNC Chapel Hill. So most of the, the any of the development team, um, all of our development team is here at UNC. Uh, what I'm pausing upon is that we do have external collaborators and contributors. So a lot of our members will contribute back code. So HGST has done a fantastic job on helping us with our S3 plugin, for instance. And uh, we've had other contributors beyond that, specifically, say, our Python um, client library and, and let's see what else, our Java client library. So we are growing as a developer community, and, but most of the consortium or all of the consortium developers are housed here. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. It, it's a yeah. great place to be housed, isn't it, North Carolina? <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> I'm biased. <laughs> right. So just yeah. last question here. What, what is uh, next on your R&D horizon? Uh, so for a roadmap point of view, IROD's 4.3 is simply going to be a hardening effort wrapped around what we have done for 4.2. Uh, beyond that, we are working to get um, Cockroach Database to be a first-class citizen, so that's passing all the tests in CI, and we're really excited about a lot of the work that they're doing. And uh, beyond that, i uh, mention it for a third or fourth time now, the capabilities that I, that I had uh, described earlier. So we're, we're walking through all eight of those efforts right now. Um, storage sharing is released and we'll be releasing the automated ingest. And then beyond that, we'll have indexing and auditing and so on. So mm -hmm. that should be a good year. <laughs> I, I said it was my last question. I, I have to go back on that. What does mm -hmm. IROD stand for? <laughs> the, the, the Integrated Rule Oriented Data System. Very good. Okay. Yeah. Integrated Rule Oriented Data System. <laughs> Got it. Well, Jason Kaposki, Executive Director of the IRADS Consortium, thank you so much for taking time today. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Thank you. And everyone, thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. Bye. <laughs>